Cinebuds is brought to you by Associated Bank and Pizza Man. Cinebuds, Cinebuds, two buddies talking about cinema. Oh. Hey. Ah. Hi. I'm Justin Barney from 89 Radio Milwaukee. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, it's okay. I'm Christopher Bollard from Milwaukee Film. And together, we are Cinebuds. Today, we are talking about the movie No Sudden Move. You said a man wants to see me. Ali Alpac. Can't come in. What is he, white? Oh, boy. No Sudden Move is the new movie from Steven Soderbergh, famously for directing Ocean's Eleven, Aaron Brockovich, and others. It has a stacked cast. Yeah, he used all the actors. Wow. He, yeah. Don Cheadle, Benicio Del Toro, John Hamm. Ever heard of him? And... Brendan Fraser. Brendan is that what you're going to say? Brendan yeah. Fraser. <laughs> know, yeah. Yes, Brendan Fraser is back, baby. And uh, Kieran Cullen, I mean, this whole thing is just stacked with actors, big name director. The premise of the movie, it takes place in Detroit in 1954, and Don Cheadle, Benicio Del Toro, and Kieran Culkin kind of have, like, they're kind of low-level, low hired for a job, you know? And they're hired for a job, and uh, things get out of hand, as it does when you're hired to do a job. If it didn't, it wouldn't be a movie. (laughs) And, uh, And then it's one of those movies where it's like, crime mob movie in the 50s you're kind of like in the middle of it and you don't know what happened before you don't know what happened after you know as much as like the characters that are committing the crime know and so you can't trust anybody and you're kind of like figuring the whole thing out as they are figuring it out yeah mysterious circumstances mysterious circumstances crime movie mob 50s Action guns. The more words. More words. More words. Uh, <laughs> Christopher, what do you think? Um, so yeah, I haven't seen a lot of his recent films, but yeah, when he's back with the stylish crime drama like he's done in the past, I kind of kind of got excited. I'm like, oh, this will probably be good. I yeah. feel like I. It's been a while since I've been excited about Steven Soderbergh. I so, agree. So I went into I have it. Never been. Yeah. I for a while I was. I mean, I mean, Ocean's Eleven. Great Aaron Brockovich. Yeah. He was like kind of on a roll. But even his early days, like he did some amazingly impressive uh, work mm-hmm. with Sex Likes and Videotape was his big, you know, yeah. and that one. And I still I still think he maintained that stylishness. So anyway, I, there was a while I was uh, excited about it. And then I was like, oh, and then I'm but I'm very happy I watched this. It was very impressive. And I, it's kind of cool to see he still got that same stylish uh, drive and uh, very clever dialogue and a really smart so story. So you're glad you watched it. I, I did like it. Let me be clear. I liked it a lot, and I was very happy that, that I saw it. Because I don't know that I would have seen it if we hadn't said, oh, yeah, let's do it for the podcast. Yeah. It came up. I'm I'm happy to have watched it. I, I think that this movie, it has all the hallmarks of being a movie that, that you know, that we're going to like, that people are going to like. It's right. got a big cast. It's got a big name director. Right. It's like, you know crime in the 50s and i think the 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 plot line is compelling in the like in the way that it's always compelling when you don't know who to trust right 
I still felt like this movie was pretty boring for being that. Really? I felt like it was, I still felt like it was pretty boring. And also I just felt like I seen this movie a million times yeah. and I've seen it done better. You well, know, yeah. it, it was like the characters were not really developed. You didn't really, there was really nothing that was pulling this movie along other than the fact that you weren't quite sure who was pulling the strings. There was like, and then there was like theories about who was pulling the strings, but it was just like big names. It was like names that you couldn't quite know. Yeah. It like, it required like, it wanted you to put a lot together. I just felt like I was drawn in. I was never pulled in. I, I liked it for a movie to watch. It's a, a a good thing to watch at the end of the day, which I think a lot of Soderbergh movies are. It's not a movie that I'm going to recommend to my friends or come back to. Interesting. Yeah. I have a lot to say. And uh, we're going to talk more about it when we get back from the break. Support for Cinebuds comes from your membership and Associated Bank. Proud supporter of Milwaukee Film and offering support year-round through Milwaukee Film Checking. More about Associated Bank's commitment to the Milwaukee community at AssociatedBank.com. Member FDIC. Calling all pump-up jam lovers. If music helps you wake up, work out, or power through chores, I'm talking to you. Great music adds so much to your life. Have you ever wanted to return the favor? Then join Radio Milwaukee today. Your support powers a team of DJs handpicking music from around the world for you to enjoy. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org slash donate to pump up your playlist today. And we're back. And we're back. Okay, wow, nice. That was record-breaking. Okay, yeah. I feel like we've talked about this with Steven Soderbergh before. It's possible. What was Soderbergh? Soderbergh? Great question. I think the whole podcast should be exploring this. Okay. Because I do, <laughs> genuinely, people are real adamant about one or the other pronunciation, and I don't know which one is. I've heard both equally. Well, um, well, let's just go on to his movies, which mm, I I don't think we've explored it enough. <laughs> All right, that's fine. We'll get back to it. Um, I think Soderbergh has, I think we talked about this before with his yeah. movies, where it's like he has kind of like no distinct style, and there's nothing that really, you know, I, I mean, like, if you kind of look back on some of them, it's like you can look at Ocean's The Ocean movies yeah. and Aaron Brockovich, and kind of this one falls in line with that. But then, like, the last couple of movies, Let Them All Talk, which yeah. was uh, Meryl Streep right. on, and other women of a certain age on a boat crossing the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. That movie I actually liked, and a lot of his movies I like, and they're he's a blockbuster director. See, I don't think he is. I mean, I do, Well, no, uh, sorry. I think he is like 50, 50, which is one of the things I find what? interesting. I, and him. I don't disagree with that. Cause yeah. I think he's like 50, 50, which means that he's like neither of, yeah, he's, he's in the middle. He straddles, like he straddles two worlds. And that's how I kind of always feel about his movies where I'm always like, yeah, I was 50, 50 on this movie. I yeah. liked it, but I didn't love it. This was like, it was final. The, the like, you know, the ocean movies I think are, are, are great. But then when you like look at, like, you know, I, he's done contagion, magic, Mike side effects, 
High flying birds, the laundromat. Birds. Let them all talk. Some of these are just no like no idea. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. And then there's interesting. So he started off his career fully independent director. Did really small, very interesting films. Oh, he did the Oscars last year. Oh, that's right. He did the Oscars as well. With a he had a weird twist in that as well. <laughs> yeah, where he turns where out. everyone thought that it was going to be. Yeah, he wouldn't. He didn't announce. He announced. Not Chad would well. He didn't do it. I'm obviously yeah. Not but he it, was like but, yeah. Let's the whole thing was the whole thing not was right at the end, so we can go away and be upset. Yeah. <laughs> but when he did those early films, and he got a lot of attention, he did get more. You know, he got more attention, more money, and he. Oh, I love the yeah, K Poly you know, money you know, theories. You know how I yes. how I roll. Uh, <laughs> you get more money, and you do more mainstream stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think he did what everyone talks about: one for them, one for me. Mm-hmm. I think he is still doing that. He does a bigger budget film and he does them well. Like he doesn't do terrible big budget movies. Like he's not doing like a big action, like dumb thriller. He's doing smart mainstream films. Mm -hmm. But I do see his, when we talk about his style and you're right, his style, like just like Spike Lee, for instance, you can see like, oh, he does that, that dolly shot that we all know. He has that, you know, the the facing the camera, doing a monologue to the camera where he cuts. You know, there's things you can identify very easily. And it's funny because I watching this, he had like you can see him like take bits of that. Where like at the beginning of this, I was like, oh, this is like he's lifting this from Spike Lee. I mean, it well, is. Well, like, I was gonna say that like I bits can't of- see those things in his movie. Like I can't see them as obviously <clears throat> as I can. I mean, Spike Lee has a more distinct style. Yeah. And I do believe that Steven Soderbergh has a distinct style, though I can't put well, that's what I, I, I don't always is, identify that, the thing. That's what I was saying is like I I saw him like picking up Spike Lee there and being like at the beginning. Did he do a dolly shot? He did a dolly shot and then there was uh there was like all pictures, including like of the time. Oh, of sure, sure. That yeah, yeah. Where where I, I, like similarly where I'm like, this isn't this isn't Steven Soderbergh. This is, you know, this is well, him doing Spike Lee. I'm not sure. I mean, the one thing, well, first of all, I want to, f- finishing my thought yeah, is yeah, just okay. that I'm starting to, like, because mm-hmm. some, I'm, I'm like, I'm not watching a lot of those, the stylish version of Steven Soderbergh in a row. I'm mixing in and I'll see an Aaron Brockovich and then I see, you know, Ocean's Eleven and then I'll see a, I think No Sudden Moves actually fits closer to his more indie stuff. But actually, I can see it as more of a hybrid between those two mm-hmm. because I do see a lot of style and a lot of intelligence. But I mean, obviously, you got the big stars and whatnot. But at the beginning of the film, what I loved and I think put me so really smart because it set me in the mood for the film. Yeah, tell me. Is the, um, the title sequence was straight out of an old film from like the 40s or 50s. Bold title comes up. You see the like, starring this person, starring that person. Mm-hmm. He does the stretched film thing throughout, throughout, where on the edges of the film, the people are elongated a little bit, like they used to be in like the sixties and seven. You know, like the film was like for some reason stretched out a little bit, so at the edges it warps a little. This he is did a- it throughout, and it set me in the mood of one of those films, which I think really helped me just already give it like, okay, I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt. See, and I didn't. I didn't like really love that. I felt like at those parts, I was like, I bet that a lot of things make more sense if I like read an interview with 
him about like what he's trying to do yeah. here. They weren't immediately apparent when you were watching it, like why some of these decisions were being made. This is also written by Ed Solomon, yeah, who wrote all the Bill and Ted Excellent Adventure movies. Yeah, I noticed there's some uh, really interesting writing credits in here. So it's and writer of Charlie's Angels and Men in Black. Honestly, I don't get. I don't just get what how a they weird were. pairing. It's just like it to me, weird. like that makes sense for this movie. It's like sort of like directed kind of these like quasi blockbuster movies with this writer who has done like Bill and Ted and uh, Men in Black and yeah. Super Mario Brothers movies. What? <laughs> yes. This is not a funny movie or whimsical by any means. It is not. And I and it like that kind of like makes it make sense. Well, let's get into the movie a bit. I mean, there was like just incredible actors in it. And this is a movie that I feel like makes sense for being a movie. You like you <laughs> you start. I press play. I press stop. <laughs> That's how movies work. I mean, like it starts. You got a couple guys. Yeah. They're offered to do. You know, they're offered more oh, yeah. money than they should to yeah. do a job that seems too easy, and they get into the job. And of course, yeah. it's not as easy as it appears. And of course, some things go wrong. High jinks. High jinks. And uh, and then it like it unravels. It gets bigger. Yeah. I maybe just because I watched all the seasons of Fargo this year where I was like, I would just rather watch Fargo. Well, it's funny. Earlier you said that you have seen this before. I've seen it done better. I don't disagree with that. I have seen this before. I'm always going to see this. Like, yeah, this is like one of those things, but I, I think I like seeing it again, but I don't, I mean, and of course it's been done better, but I do think this was done well. I mean, it was done well, but it, and it, yeah. it was it was done well, and it is a thing that I will watch again. It's a movie that will be made again yeah, yeah. next year. There's right. like always every year. It seems like there's this movie. Thank God, because uh, <laughs> I do. I just enjoy the. Here's the thing that bothers me about the, these kinds of films usually, mm-hmm. and it is strictly because my attention span is minimal for this kind of thing, which is. Keeping track of the characters' motivations, their histories, who they're connected to. And so when I was watching this movie, I was just laser focused trying to remember, okay, Watkins is a, is a, that's okay, he's attached to him. Oh, and, and I was not laser focused. Yeah. I was like, I don't know, like they have said like five different names yeah. a bunch of times and you don't see them or like yeah. really know. And not I was like, it while, probably yeah. like doesn't matter who like they, that's, what, that's how I usually go into these films. I'm like, you know what? At the end, it'll all be clear. <laughs> As opposed like to one of those people is. who it's you like, know what? who you are, who constantly ask me every second, even though we're watching the same <laughs> film, who is, why did they say that person? I don't know yet. It's been five minutes of the movie. <laughs> We both have the same information. <laughs> I love that dig. Uh, however, well, but I did. I was like, okay, I'm sort of keeping up with this. And as most of these end, when we get to the end, I'm like, yeah, there's a few b- bits uh, that I'm not connecting, and I'm fine with it. Like, if I watched mm-hmm. it again, I'd be like, oh, maybe that's why. Okay. But it gets, I mean, there's a lot of double cross, a lot of triple cross. There's, you know, as you would expect from a film like this. One thing I do want to commend, and is, I, I, oh, and I think I, along with that, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I've just been seeing too many things like this. Where 
it is you can't trust anybody. Right. And then when somebody like betrays the trust, I think maybe I used to be like a little more shocked by that. Yeah. And now I'm like, well, that's how else is this movie going to move along? (laughs) Yeah. There's like there's like now we're wiser viewers. It's harder to impress or even like. Or it's also easier to annoy, like, yeah, I know you're going to do this, so just go ahead and do it, or, you know, that kind of thing. Right, that's the whole thing is, like, okay, I can't, you can't trust anybody, everyone's going to be backstabbing each other, and that's, like, that's, that was the entire thing that pulled this movie along, was just, like, here's this person who's going to backstab this person, and there's, like, that's just how this whole thing is going to go. That that was the only thing that was happening in the entire movie. You're right. And I don't, earlier you had said, like, you didn't see much character development, and I don't. 100% 100% disagree. Like, I get that. Though I do think there was, and I thought it was cleverly done, where I always talk about, not my phrase, but I always talk about uh, the economy of character where I see in movies mm-hmm. where they take moments and give you a little glimpse. I into thought of the that character. too because I had just watched the Coen Brothers movies and I was like, Coen Brothers does yeah. like this kind of movie and they do it, uh, it way more entertaining. The characters yeah, are especially bigger. Especially when they have their big cast movies where they have to yeah. kind of fill in. And this is kind of similar. I mean, it's a big cast. But like Don Cheadle's character and Benicio del Toro, at the beginning, you know, you get they're just like they're hustlers on this, you know, criminal, like mid-level criminal types. But you get pieces like when he has to go to his ex-wife's house and they never really say it's his ex-wife, but you can get it through the action of the film, which I really enjoy. You don't spoon feed it. I did like that. And then you start to notice that, oh, Benicio del Toro isn't as smooth and clever as he thinks. You know, these little. You're not as smart as you. Yeah. There's a there's a line there was Sloppy. a there's a clever yeah there's a clever line in there about him not being so smart. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's nice that I mean this kind of film it's not a necessarily character driven so but the fact that you're able to add those in a more more heavily plot driven f- film is pretty good. I and uh, at the end um I mean it, it it this is something that you know, there's some attachment to reality in this movie. Yeah. There is some kind of like based on true events or like it kind of like has it says something larger about things that are going on. Yeah. Um, the auto industry in Detroit in that time, there's stuff happening and this is sort of centered or a fictional scenario centered on redlining. There's bit. a bit on reurbanization. Yeah, I do like I mean. This movie wasn't about all these issues. Something about the environment. There's stuff about redlining mm. and racism in the city, segregation, things like that. They touch on it. They just they use it as their not just their back backdrop, but they do touch on it and comment on it. it. Is not a social commentary film necessarily. Like that's not the main heft of the film. But I do like that they touched on it and they at least gave you more of a background than you're normally going to see. Like if, if, if it was a film from the forties or fifties, obviously these things aren't even going to be touched on. Yeah. But in a film like this, you at least get mentions of it where it kind of fills in the context of the time. Yeah. I, I, I think in the end I felt like this movie felt like it was thought that it was more compelling than it was. Yeah. Felt like it was more interesting than it was. That's just, that's what I thought. That is what you thought. Yeah. I thought slightly differently. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I would love and, and to we're, be able, we're, not, we're not that far apart. Where I would it's love like, to be able to say, you stupid mother. <laughs> but 
I, d- I mean, I, I don't fully, I, I'm not as passionate about this film as I want to be. Yeah. But I did really like it. I was very impressed by a lot of things they did. And I was glad I saw it. And it does make me feel better about like, oh, I haven't visited Soderbergh in a while. Good to see that he's still making quality work. Good to I, see Brendan Fraser. And I, I don't, I don't have the attachment to Brendan Fraser that a lot of people I know do. Yeah, I grew up with the Mummy. A yeah, lot hard. Right. Yeah, that was like a huge movie. And I and was like, George of the Jungle. That's fine. Yeah, <laughs> George of the and the the cultural touchstone of George of the Jungle. Well, and there was Blast from the Past. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I like seeing him. He's in a lot more movies than I remember. Yeah. You know, I'm fine with him uh, being here. <laughs> Enjoy. Um, I want I do want to mention before we stop talking about this movie that yeah. I this kind of movie usually, especially this time setting and everything, usually you're not going to get great female characters. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily know that you did get great ones in this one either. <laughs> yeah. However, I will say they're the two female main female characters they do have in this movie were more surprising and had meatier content than you normally get. No sudden move. No sudden move. I, I give it a, we don't have a rating system yet. We should have a classic Cinebuds rating system. I tried to do this once and you pushed against it. I'm a different man now. (laughs) I've changed. (laughs) I, I was very early. I was like really adamant about us having a rating system, and you were yeah. like, "I don't like rating things. I no. don't. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings." Well, here's here's what I think. Now. Uh, he's a change. He's like, I'm a now, changed man. As we talked through the years, revenge has been more and more of a revenge is great. And I also, you know what? I acknowledge my evolution. Hmm. I would say we should have a rating system, but it should be completely absurd and make no sense. That is the most K poly thing. Yeah. So you <laughs> can't right, so. really gauge. I'm po- I give it a positive rating. That's it. Wow. It's not as creative as I anticipated it would be. I'm going to need either. I'm going to need 3 weeks. It's actually pretty bad. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to give it a 17. I'm going to give it a 17 out of an undisclosed number. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> That's better. I think I'm getting there. That's, we're not there yet, but I think I'm close. My buddy used to be like, "I give it a, you know, a purple 6." Yeah. Oh, yeah. I yeah. do like that. Yeah. Attributing a number, again, out of... You know, I didn't love it because yeah, it's arbitrary. Not arbitrary. Oh, you didn't it's like the, the, the purple six? from anything. I'm going to give everything a purple six from now I on. I give this movie slightly under what Christopher gives it. <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. I did think it was a, a fine way to spend two hours. Yeah. It was all right. There's some good performances in it. I love Don Cheadle. You watch it with your dad, he'll be like, oh... That guy. I, I remember him from that movie. Yeah, but it'll be a different movie from <laughs> decades prior. Yes. All yeah, right. I enjoyed it. All right. It's on HBO Max if you want to watch it. No sudden moves. Christopher, are you ready for our favorite segment? I'm ready. Christopher, what else have you been watching? Who, me? Yes, you. Um... You know what's interesting is I love stand-up comedy. Oh, yeah. I like sketch comedy. Yeah. I like movie comedies. Yeah, I'm loves big, comedy. big comedy fan. Funny guy. Uh, and there, I you know, I've mentioned this many times, I'm obsessed with British comedians yeah. these days. Yeah, yeah. Like, to a point these days. where I've acknowledged to my partner that I am obsessed with Richard Iwati. I'm obsessed. Oh, yeah. 
has come up, uh, you know, in the in, past four episodes an straight. Unfortunate <laughs> number of times, but uh, mm-hmm. I like a lot of comedians from over there. And there's a comedian named Phil Wang, who I find funny name. It is a funny name. In fact, his funny name his for new a comedy comedian. special is called Philly Philly Wang Wang. That's <laughs> which is funny. also just fun to say. Uh, he had a previous special that I found on YouTube called Yellow Fever. And he has a new one on Netflix called Philly Philly Wang Wang. And I find him very funny. He has a, he has a uh, funny tone to his voice and cadence. Mm-hmm. He, sounds, he sounds like he's kind of tripping along, but he's not. It's very planned. It's very clever. I like him. And he's silly and clever at the same time, which is actually one of my favorite combinations. But yeah, I highly recommend that one. Philly Philly Wang Wang. Yeah. I'm not going to even... Uh, try to like, expl- yeah. like here's one no. of his jokes because I'll destroy that. Yeah, but that uh, he's has never worked. He's a, a, a he's a good one to watch. I also watched a, a comedy series. Oh, I watched the entirety of Nathan for You this week. Nathan for You is brilliant. It is brilliant, and it is unlike anything else yeah. that has ever been done, and it is so absurd. I did get it's to like a, part fiction, part like not really prank show, but it, it's like a combination prank show fiction. Some parts of it I am convinced are not really happening. Like somebody's got to be in on this. I think, but that, it's also like just incredibly high concept pranking. Almost, I, I would push back on that fiction because I think that there's like a bunch of people that tried to go in and be like tried yeah. to figure out if it was, and I, I. Oh, I don't I know. Yeah, very, like the Nathan for you fandom. Yeah. I think is is you know it's it's hardcore. Yeah, I did get to a point in this series where I felt like it was a little much. That kind of thing makes me uncomfortable, and I know that's what it's supposed to do. But to it, yes. the point where I'm like, I can't do. I, like I could never binge it like you did. Yeah, I think binging it was a bad idea yeah. because <laughs> I I got to a point where I was like I. I really like don't love him just creating uncomfortable situations. I think it's kind of mean. And yeah. also I'm like I, I I don't really like love cringe or like awkward yeah. or things that are awkward. Yeah. And that is like a lot of what the show is. Though I do love the show. Yeah. I, and I think it's so good and I think it's so clever. There are some points where I think you're taking advantage of these people and it's- yeah, that's why I'm like, and this is also speaks to my growing cynicism, mm-hmm. but that's why part of me thinks some of it doesn't feel genuine. All of it. I think most of it probably is. Um, but I don't, in this instance, I don't really mind. It's yeah. kind of like, it's almost like a Sasha Baron Cohen situation where, I assume most of the people are not in on it. Yeah, but at some point, like that's that's just like I I feel like that is kind of a product of just like binging it and uh, getting to like real later seasons. But overall, Nathan for you is a great show, and one of the most brilliant things they've ever done on there is the uh, so smart is the uh, Starbucks. Dumb Starbucks. Dumb Starbucks. It's funny because he will try an idea and you're like, this could be, uh, I mean, these are great ideas. Yeah, they're really And uh, some of them, like, take off in a bigger way than others. And Dumb Starbucks, like, he was on 
like Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, doing... he was in the proper news. Yes, he was in the proper news. The concept cool of it, if you don't know, is that he is he oh, yeah. claims to go in and help small businesses do, do you know do better in their business, and he has ridiculous ideas on how to do that. But he did help a coffee shop by satirizing star. Starbucks, but calling their shop dumb Starbucks. And he like looked into the rules and he was like, we could do this because of parody law. Yeah. Right. And so it was like, technically he could. And, uh, and he like pushes the, and he like looks into the law it's really and then clever. like also like through the seasons, like characters reoccur. There's like a Santa Claus that reoccurs several times. There's a, uh, a private investigator who is just so mean to oh, him yeah. and a lot of people are mean to him too yeah. and he takes that in stride and takes that so well and makes that a part of the show in a way that is like brilliant Yeah. so yeah it's it, that's all that I've watched this week that's pretty good um, I'm re- also re-watching for like the fourth time um, 30 Rock oh wow I, I genuinely it, I just can I just let it play but i end up watching so much of it i every time i watch it i'm convinced it's one of the best just comedies of all joke after joke so clever so like intertwined oh man i gotta do that too i will say one last thing is that i started watching and i'm looking forward to finishing this um a film called city of ali and Mm -hmm. it is about um after muhammad ali's death his hometown in kentucky um, how they sort of celebrated his life. So it's an interesting survey of his life, but at the same time, the through line is how the town celebrated him after he's passing. Oh, that's and just so watching. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, after just the first ten minutes, I had this sort of epiphany that I absolutely love Muhammad Ali. Yeah, I, as we all know, famously not interested in sports. Not at all. Not at all. Um, but there's no, there's no way to object to the idea that he's one of, if not the greatest, as he's referred to Mm -hmm. athlete and humanitarian and everything that goes with that, like with that, that level, like the first, you know, like you look at like what LeBron James is doing today, like building, using his, using his platform, right. You know, and, and athletes using their platform. He was the first to do that and got a lot of pushback. Yeah. Oh, for sure. But paved the way. It it has, I've never wanted to read a book about an athlete before. And, And I, 10 minutes in, I'm like, going on the library's website looking for the best book about Muhammad Ali. What are some of the things they do? Because I I went to his house last year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, and that area of Louisville yeah. where where he is. And it is a uh, – I mean, the house they haven't – like, there's a there's a little plaque outside, but there – Yeah. There isn't – it is just the house yeah. in the middle of a bunch of houses that look just like it. I will be very frank with you. I have not gotten that far. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm, they just started talking about getting together and what they're going to do to honor the man that made you that the most famous Louisvillian. 
That's interesting. I would be, I should watch that because I went to, I was like driving to West Virginia last year yeah. and I stopped in Louisville and I went to like the Welcome Center. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, which is like a great yeah. move. And uh, I was in there and this guy came in and he was like, had this big Southern, booming Southern voice. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm like on my own in a corner looking at brochures. <laughs> and there are these like ladies that are working there and he comes in and he's like, what does there do in this town? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like very nicely like giving him some suggestions. Like you just push the saloon doors yeah, in. For and, real. Yeah. And he and he was like, This is the home of Muhammad Ali. He's like, I'd like to go to his house. <laughs> where where you got you got a uh, you know where he lives? And uh and they they like, you know, told him directions to the house. Yeah. And I was in there and I was like, Wow, that's actually a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> You're following this guy down. And so I was like, yeah, I'm going to do that. And I do not think that this guy went. Yeah. Because it is it is in, it, it would be interesting because it's in a part of town that was like clearly redlined. Oh, yeah. You know, and uh, and it is like the city changes. Yeah. And, uh, and, it, and it, it is an impoverished part of the city. And, uh I did not see that guy there. Yeah. <laughs> I think he dipped. You should have just followed him. Followed him. Like, I thought you were going to Muhammad Ali's house. Yeah. Sir. But I I went to the house and then I came back and there was there was this gas station that was like not in not in running anymore. Yeah. But a guy had a big grill outside. Oh wow! And uh, and there's like some t-shirts that were hung up, like some like bootleg <laughs> t-shirts, and I was like. This is not a guy who's like making, who's like grilling for himself. And I, I pulled up and I was like, "Do you have food?" And he was like, "Oh yeah." He's like, "I got hot links." He's like, "I got brisket on going. I got this." He was like, "What? Are, the only things that are done are hot links." He's like, "You want some hot links?" I was like, "Yeah." And so he gave me a hot link on a piece of white bread. Yeah, classic. And uh, it was like. <laughs> was so good. Was it? <laughs> it was it was like one of the best things I ever had. It was just like this guy, no sign, no menu, yeah. no nothing, just a grill in in like a band. You just have to be curious enough to go, are you <laughs> yeah. do I buy this from you or what's <laughs> yes. happening? It was in so a situation great. like that, there's only two options. Right. It's unbelievably good or the worst or it's gonna get you mm. sick. There's yeah. no middle ground when it's that mysterious. Yeah, it was unbelievably good. I liked. I would like to believe that Louisville would be like uh, Liverpool, where you go to Liverpool and everywhere you go, it's just Beatles, Beatles, Beatles. But I, I don't know. But it would be interesting. I, I look forward to finishing this doc because it really inspired me to be like, oh yeah, I need to know more about him because you see all these great, yeah, interviews and like speeches he gave, and all obviously all the famous ones. One, I will say one moment in there, and this early in the film when they talk about his funeral, they said, and this is fascinating. That um, swarms of bees, like more than one swarms of bees started to gather around this block that they were having it, which is like, come, was it really like, but they yeah. like footage, they showing this footage of these bees and they're like, and we're like, obviously that's, and the, his daughter was like, that's my dad. Yeah. You know? like a bee. But then, and then somebody else says, uh, a lot of people talk about the bees. They don't talk about the fact there's also butterflies. <laughs> I'm like, come on. But there's more than one people who were there who were talking about it. I was like, that's kind of phenomenal. That is. That's wild. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I highly recommend. All right. 
And what is it? What's the name of that one? It's called City of Ali. It may or may not, and I genuinely believe, I don't know if this is true or not. It may or may not be a member screening in the near future for mm-hmm. Milwaukee film members. Genuinely do not know. I am I'm hoping it will be. <laughs> All right. Um, I, that's Cinebuds. We're... Yeah. I think we're good. We ended a whisper. Uh... Cinebuds is edited by DJ Kenny Perez. Hi! We get DJ hand, Kenny Perez. We get handcrafted sonic inspiration from the License Lab. Thank you. Uh, our theme song is from Milwaukee musician and author Brett Newski. Oh, fancy Newski. Yeah. Oh, he's a writer. We get help from Associated Bank and Pizza Man. That both sound delicious. Thank you. And from our members from Radio Milwaukee and Milwaukee Film. Thank you, everyone. And... Uh, that's it. And and no that's one it. else. And no one else. Bye. <laughs> hey, wait.